This episode of Truth Table is brought to you by InterVarsity Press, whose vision is to catalyze redemption, restoration, and revival in our divided and broken world. Follow IVP on Twitter at IVPress and visit IVP's website at www.ivpress.com. Midwives of Culture for Grace and Truth. I'm McKemini. And I'm Christina. This table is built by Black women and for Black women. So welcome to the table, C. How you doing, girl? Well, rise, shine, give God the glory. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we say when it's the crack dawn. <laughs> yes, that's the cue that we have recorded this early, early in the morning. Early in the morning. Mm-hmm. Early in the morning, Jesus got up and prayed. And so... <laughs> And may he get up in us and pray. Exactly. I mean, we did pray. Now we're recording. Um, oh, my goodness. Yeah, this this is, yeah, we're still in the pandemic. Um, that, that hasn't changed. That has not changed. We are still in the land of the living. Amen. Know, persevering. Um, one day, taking it one day at a time, moment Kept by moment. By Jesus. Exactly. Um, grace upon grace. Um, you just so had you, a you had you just had a birthday. I did. I did. I don't know when. It's probably gonna be like I don't. By the time they hear this, it's gonna be like that was <laughs> months I ago. So <laughs> I did. I did. I had a good birthday. We thank God. Um, had my little birthday cake and all that. You know, I had my um, quarantine birthday. Seems like everybody's gonna have a quarantine birthday. <laughs> Listen, quarantine you know, everything. <laughs> quarantine everything it's gonna be a quarantine birthday it seems like for everybody um this year so i had it with my um my family whom i'm quarantined with Mm -hmm. um and grateful to see another year of life um because that's something not everybody has gotten to see this year due to COVID 19 so you know we um we we thank god for what we do have amen He's given a lot. He has given a lot. So, um, but yeah, see what we got going today. What 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 are we talking about today? Well, you know, we, we we have a lot uh, that we have been navigating, and I almost feel like this particular season has been remixed in light of yes, it has, <laughs> the, literally, actually, the unanticipated uh, tragedies of of this year. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I thought it would be a good idea to bring on someone who can talk to us about uh, career and profession and vocation in the midst of COVID-19. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the sister still got to work. Just real talk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I know somebody who helps to get my life together. Um, and so I'm excited that we can welcome Tarita to the table today. The job search in COVID-19 is on the table. Uh, and we wanted to bring Tarita Johnson to the table. Hey, Tarita, how you doing, girl? Hey, ladies. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. Hey, we are so excited to have you here. You know, um, in light of the fact that there are, at this point, um, 38.5 million unemployed in America. The job numbers haven't come out for this week, but... It's projected to be at least 40 million um, at the end wow. of May this week, mm. which is where we are right now. Um, so that's a significant, significant number of people that are unemployed. And so we thought it was important for us to talk about some practical things um, regarding people's livelihood and how uh, they can try to find a job, uh, even in the midst of a pandemic and an impending um, recession, they say even possible depression. So we thought it'd be important to bring you to the table, Tarita. And I just want to let our sisters at the table know who you are. So let me let them know real quick. And then we're going to jump in. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tarita Johnson is the director of the Calvin College Career Center. She is responsible for the center's overall mission to equip students to succeed on their lifelong vocational path. She oversees the center's career coaching, employer relations, events and marketing, analytics and assessment. Before joining Calvin College, Tarita was a talent acquisition manager for 
for corporate recruiting at Meyer. She managed a team of recruiters and oversaw recruitment for accounting, audit, finance, human resources, information technology, legal properties, procurement, and real estate. Prior to Meyer, Tarita was the vice president of a college and university relations at Key Bank, where she developed, executed, and oversaw the bank's college recruitment program for all lines of business. Her other positions have included adjunct professor of social work at Calvin College, assistant director of admissions at Baldwin Wallace University, enrollment management officer at Pennsylvania State University, psychiatric specialty counselor at Western Psychiatric Institute and Clinic, and TRIO's educational talent searches program specialist at at Savannah State University. Through her experiences in higher education, mental health, and the corporate sector, she has created and managed large and small teams contributing to individual and group success. Tarita holds a Master of Social Work from the University of Michigan and a Bachelor of Arts in Psychology and Social Work from Miami University. Welcome to the table, Tarita. Thank you. <laughs> Doer <laughs> of all the things. I was going to say, don't you feel tired, Tarita, <laughs> listening to that? <laughs> <laughs> doing all the things She's like i'm out here living well to read it, you know, so they, but on a serious note there are so many people who um are in transition or furloughed or unemployed right now um there are folks who do uh, consulting work or or speaking work um and that has been shut down in so many ways, right? Because of uh, an inability to travel. And so I just wanted focus, to start off first by me. asking focus you. Focus me. Yeah, fo- yeah, fo- yeah, focus, focus we's and us's, right? Yeah, I, um, but I, I, I did want to ask you kind of what, what you are hearing uh, from people are, are some of the the concerns. Um, what are some of the things that are kind of reaching your ear um, that are, are kind of, what kind of questions have you been getting asked lately or, or concerns that you've been sorting through? Absolutely. I have gotten um, people that are seasoned professionals asking about, you know, their business. How do I increase my consulting practice in this virtual environment? I've also had folks talk about doing industry switches. Maybe they're in a job, but they're afraid um, that they're not going to have the job for much longer, or they're at a point where they're like, this is an opportunity for me to really make a career switch. I also have from employers who are also in a, an interesting boat, too, because now they're looking at their human capital, their planning. Can they still recruit? Do they have to lay off people and even being concerned about their own position? So it really is a mixed bag of emotions and real talk. Just, you know, am I going to have a job? Bottom line. Or am I going to be able to hire folks? Gotcha. 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 Yeah, I, I like the idea of the... Um... We have to we have to be so highly adaptable um, and, and agile. I think during this um, pandemic, and uh, which has taken a lot of, out of us, if we're honest. Um, and I'm just thinking. I'm wondering about what does it mean? What are the uh, what? How does one pivot? <laughs> uh, make a career pivot? <laughs> how do you know when it's pivoting in the pandemic? <laughs> yeah, how do you pivot in the pandemic? How do you know? When do you know that it's time to pivot? Uh, I guess pre-pandemic, <laughs> and I guess in the pandemic, right? Because the pandemic has kind of forced that pivot. And I'm just wondering, what does that look like to do that? How do you pivot um, practically? Uh, especially when sometimes people don't want to hire if you don't have the experience in maybe the new career that you're um, that 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 you would like to enter um, into. How does one do that? I would say one of the first steps to do, you know, and because it's you ladies, I'm going to say you pray, you ask God, you seek God for your call and believe that Jeremiah 29 11 is true. He has plans to prosper you, to give you a future and a hope. So it doesn't matter if it's a pandemic or if it's a good economy, whatever it is, if God, he has a call on your life and he has doors that you are to walk through as well as doors that's going to be closed. Mm -hmm. That's first and foremost. I would say secondly, you kind of beef up your networking. So what does that look like? This is a great opportunity to network because everybody is online. They're at home for the most part. I have benchmarked with so many people 
for my current position, even as I think about future uh, decisions for not only myself, but also clients that I'm working with. Like there's folks that are answering that will have a virtual informational interview with you. Looking at your media, like are you using LinkedIn? That's a great tool to really get it together. I will tell you this, and I don't think it's because of who I am. In this pandemic, every week I've had a headhunter reach out to me. And so I'm like, what is going on? Is God trying to tell me something? But I think it's because people are at home. They're on their computer. They're looking at LinkedIn. They're looking for networking opportunities. And so if you put in the work to get your profiles enhanced, to get some recommendations on there, to start reaching out, who's already in that network? Who do you know? Who do you want to know? Think about that next position. And reach out to somebody. Hey, you have five minutes, 20 minutes. I just want to share. I want to learn more about you. People love to talk about themselves. And in those conversations, you have an opportunity to talk about you. So even if there's not a position Mm -hmm. at the moment, Mm -hmm. they're going to think about you later. So what you do today is really critical. I would say, number one, beef up your social media platforms. What are you saying out there today? If I was to go on your platforms, any of them, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Snapchat, anything that you use, what would I gather about you? Because this is the time when you both your personal and your professional begin to merge. Super helpful. And so Tarita, so you just raised two points. One, certainly about the social media piece and the other about the power of networking and how to network. And I, and I honestly think that these things are skills, right? You, you know this well and you teach it right Um, to, to undergrads and to people who are are post-grad as well. Let's go back to the social media piece. What do you think, uh, what should people, as as they're updating those, even like now, as they heard you say that, um, what should people want reviewers to walk away with? So when you, when they're looking at these different profiles of LinkedIn, Facebook, I mean, every, first of all, everything's on the table. When I hire people, you know, I look at all their social media um, (laughs) presence. I mean, all the things. Okay. Um, But what, what do we want? uh, What are some of the things that uh, we should be mindful of um, as we set that up? What do we want folks walking away thinking about who we are? Absolutely. I think first you have to do some self-reflection and homework before you even touch your resume or your LinkedIn profile. So you got to think about who are you? If I was to have to do a five minute commercial on who myself is to hire, to be hired, what would that be? What would that say? What does it say about me? I think also you got to think about what are your strengths? And this is what I call having a strength-based approach to job searching, not focusing on what you can't do or what skills you don't have, but focusing on what are those skills that are transferable for any job. So right now we need folks that are agile, people that are flexible, people that can solve problems, people that are innovative. How are you doing that and showing that? So you've got to write all of these things down. What are some goals that you've accomplished at every job or experience, or even if you're entrepreneurial, what are some goals that you've accomplished? After you've done that homework, now you can go back to your LinkedIn profile and you're going to create a really great paragraph about who you are with some of those things in there, some of those transferable skills, some of those goals that you've accomplished. And then you're going to begin to build out that entire profile. Mm. And if you really need help, do something, look at some other folks' profile, go out, look, get recommendations of people that know your work, that can speak into your work. It's easy to do that through LinkedIn. Um, That's a great um, way to have people speaking into who you are. You begin to build it up through your skills, through the goals that you've accomplished. That's what people want to see. Mm. Have a good picture. If you don't have a picture, I won't look at it. Mm, yeah, that's now. Why would you say what's the importance of the picture? That seems like an obvious question, but what, what's in your view? Why? I mean, real talk, they want to see who you are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how you represent yourself. So, like Christina said, nothing is off the table, right? I have hiring managers in the past that pulled up everything, mm-hmm. and I would say, You're not supposed to be going on their Facebook and all of these things. And I'm telling you, they would come do it. But I'm going to tell you a little secret when I was recruiting, we paid thousands of dollars per recruiter to have something called LinkedIn access. This way they could go in and scour it, even if you've never even added them as a person, as a connection. 
And so they are looking. I had recruiters that printed that off by the numbers. And I'm telling you, headhunters and folks are out there recruiting like mad. Like I told you, I have been contacted a number of times. I don't think there's anything very special about my profile, but I would say get a professional headshot. Even if you have to do it at home with your iPhone or your Droid or whatever you're using, your personal PC, get a great picture, look like the person for the job that you want to have. I would also say this, companies are not supposed to um, go out and interview people based on diversity. However, There are lots of folks that want to have a diverse pipeline of candidates. So when you have that picture on there, if you are diverse, that's a great way for them to see it. Mm-hmm. It is not. It's mm-hmm. a it's a behind, back way behind the door. And I'll tell you, any HR compliance person would say, why is she saying that? Because I know real talk. That's true. Mm-hmm. Thank you for giving us that um, that insider tip. I'm curious about... Um, the the sisters at the table who are like I'm not really LinkedIn savvy um sisters is me um so (laughs) but and and and, or 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 tend to look for jobs maybe on um job boards maybe I don't know I'm thinking like indeed you know um and some of the other you know um, other sites out there do you have any tips about that or any uh, I are, do. Those va- are those valid at all? You know, search for jobs. As yes. Well? So I used to pay in my prior jobs um, through the company for something called SEO optimization. Oh. And so Indeed scrapes every job that there's out there, but also LinkedIn. You can search for jobs on LinkedIn. I, I, I really applaud these two sites. I would also, if if you've graduated from college, go back to your college career centers, those alumni networks. They also may have jobs because you have a lot of people that feel comfortable hiring people that came from a certain school or things of that nature. I would also encourage you to join groups on LinkedIn. So let's say you want to do an informational interview and you're not connected to a particular person. If you are connected in a group with that person, now you can send them a message without paying the premium price. Mm-hmm. So, but I do believe in those job boards. So indeed, LinkedIn's job board, I would also encourage go directly to the company websites and apply. This is compliance. This is the first thing that they're going to tell you to do. You have to go through their applicant tracking system. However, after you do that, I know many people can feel discouraged and say, I've never heard back, but I will tell you as a recruiter, And I feel like I'm always a recruiter for life. I will tell you that folks that did both did the ATS, but then found me on LinkedIn or sent me an email directly with their resume attached for a particular position. I'm going to see those folks first because I always have to check my work email. Wow. That's good. You know, so first of all, I just want to thank you for just being so clear and concrete, like, Trying to help us to get employment, okay? Stay employed. <laughs> let me just let me just take a moment of appreciation. But, but the the second piece that, you, that you're right, you know, this identity that you have as a recruiter, the skill set that you have is so important. And um, I wonder if you could kind of go behind the veil a little bit and let us know what are some of the kind of the red flags. Um, that would stand out to you as a recruiter, whether it's uh, interviewing someone via Zoom at this point or looking at their social media profiles or LinkedIn, or what are some of those things that would make you or another recruiter kind of raise their eyebrows? I have, uh, so number one, inappropriate pictures, right? Or inappropriate things that are unprofessional on any of your social media platforms. Remember, I talked about merging your personal with your professional. So even what you're liking, even who is this persona? Who am I hiring? Because it's not just about the competencies for the job. It's also about the motivational fit and the cultural fit for the job. Are you going to fit in where I work? Um, Number two, I would say there is a fine line between reaching out to folks and then being a stalker. So outreach is important, but there is a way that you do that that's professional, that you're not looking desperate. No recruiter wants somebody that's desperate. Then we're going to think something is wrong with you. You want somebody. I'm going to tell you, recruiters want folks that are already in a job. Right. And that's a hard thing to say. So you almost have to have that 
persona mm-hmm. of you have to know yourself. You have to be confident enough in yourself. And if you're not confident, you got to be in God's confidence. I, yeah. I may not have the confidence, but God got the confidence in Come me. On. Therefore, I'm confident. Mm. And that has to protrude. It's a fine line between confidence and um being arrogant. Mm-hmm. They don't want the arrogant side, right? We used to make jokes all the time about that behind the veil. Mm-hmm. I would also say in interviews, this is a virtual environment. Mm-hmm. So it's really important that you present yourself the same. I'm on a podcast, but I'm going to tell you folks, I'm in a full-blown suit, makeup, pearls. Yes. Wow. And they can't even see me. You can't see me. But when I put that attire on, mm-hmm. there is something else that's going to produce from me. It puts me in the mindset to be professional. So the same thing, make sure you have the right lighting. You don't have a a lot of noise in your background. Don't sit where a window is behind you because you're not going to show up on the screen, right? Mm. You have to show up, make sure you don't have a bunch of space above your head. You're right in the center of that camera and you're engaged with that audience. I have hired people before this environment straight from virtual alone. And so it's, it's what you uh, present yourself. You dress up the same way. If it's a phone interview, it's a virtual Mm. interview as you would, if you're going in person, because it's who they want to see who you are and your first impression is really important. And it's probably the only profession, uh, a chance you'll get. I will tell you in an interview still today, I interview a lot. Uh, I will say within the first five or 10 minutes, and I know this against my certifications to not do this, I know if I'm going to hire that person or not. Wow. Mm. Within that first five to 10 minutes, if I see profiles that are sloppy, that don't have a picture, that have a lot of personal uh, information in it. This is a preference of mine as a Mm -hmm. recruiter, though. If I see a lot of personal, it's okay to say club activities, volunteer. I want to see that type of stuff. Church affiliate, I want to see that. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to hear about your family and all of those things in your LinkedIn profile Mm -hmm. or on your resume. Mm -hmm. I don't want a picture on your resume, but I want it on your LinkedIn profile, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's strange if it's on your resume. Right. I don't want to see you on your resume. Um, I would also say it's also really important in interviews, never speak negatively about a former supervisor or job. So if you speak like that, they're going to cancel you out because they think you're going to do it to them. You need to be the type of person that's ride or die for your boss. Mm. They want to make sure that they're hiring you so that you can take care of what they need done so that they don't after ever have to worry about it. Wow. Wow. Tarita, you are dropping so many, so many gems. Um, And it is time for us to take a break. But uh, we will be right back so Tarita can just continue to school us. Make sure you have your notepads, y'all. We'll be right back after this break. Here at Truth's Table, we've made a subversive and even explicit defense of the faith and the gospel against the question that many of our peers have about whether Christianity is the white man's religion. And now there is a new book out by Dr. Antipas L. Harris entitled, Is Christianity the White Man's Religion? How the Bible is Good News for People of Color. Among young people of color, there is a growing wariness about organized religion and Christianity in particular. They're looking for a faith that makes sense for the world they see around them. The question that arises, is evangelical Christianity good news for everyone or a tool of white supremacy? In his new book, Is Christianity the White Man's Religion? Antipas L. Harris, a theologian and community activist, responds to young Americans who struggle with the perception that Christianity is detached from matters of justice, identity, and culture. He affirms that ethnic diversity has played a powerful role in the formation of the Old and New Testaments and that the Bible is a book of justice promoting equality for all. Author Antipas L. Harris is the president and dean of Jake's Divinity School, founded by Bishop T.D. Jakes, and serves on the pastoral staff at the Potter's House in Dallas, Texas. And just for our sisters at the table, and for the brothers in the standing room section, Truth Table listeners can save 40% off of Is Christianity the White Man's Religion? 
Origin by Dr. Antipas L. Harris. When you order at ivypress.com using promo code TRUTH20, the offer expires on September 30th. That's promo code TRUTH20 when you order Is Christianity the White Man's Religion at ivypress.com. Don't forget to tell them Truth Table said to you by using the code TRUTH20. And we are back from the break. Uh, Tarita, you had mentioned something about um, how you know within the first maybe five to ten minutes in the interview whether you're going to hire that person or not. What is it? What would you say to our um, sisters at the table who really want to put their best foot forward, maybe during a, well, right now, during a virtual interview that, that you think will really capture the attention of the person that's interviewing them within the five to ten minutes that will make that would make you want to hire them? What could they do? What should they say uh, that would draw you in and make you think, you know what, I think I want to hire this, this person? I love someone who is confident, but not arrogant, who speaks with authority, but doesn't overspeak me. Does that make sense? So coming into that interview, so if it's in person, strong handshake, look eye to eye. If it's virtual, still looking at that camera as if you're looking at me. And being confident in who they are, not desperate, but confident in knowing their worth. I would say that comes across, uh, it's, a, it's a persona that a person brings in. And if they can back it up with their skills. So for instance, I don't care what type of interview it is. If they're asking you open-ended questions, if they're asking you behavioral-based questions, I have a certification in behavioral-based, so those are my favorite. And I'll tell you why. Regardless of the question, always provide an example. We look for something called a perfect star. We want you to say what the situation is or the task, the action you took and the end result. If you can always bring an interview home question after question, even if they're just asking you, what are top? What are your three top strengths? Give them three and then give them an example of how you've demonstrated one of those three. Somebody that can answer the questions fully, but not go on and on. Really helpful. Um, you know, I so you know, Tarita and I have actually had the experience of being on hiring teams together. <laughs> she knows that one, she knows that one of my favorite questions, which is more so a psychological question, is about. Um, so basically, I set up a scenario where I say to people, if you're a part of a team um, and you have a project and um, the project just is absolutely wrecked, it's terrible, it doesn't work out well. And it and it's absolutely one hundred percent your fault. Why is that? And so I think for me, I try to get a sense of people's awareness of um, their areas for growth and how they communicate that. If people have the capacity to apologize, to to remedy what has happened, if they're so crushed by their mistakes that they can't move forward, but if they can see those as opportunities to actually grow and to move forward. Um, and, and then bearing that in mind, Tarita, I know it's not uncommon for people to get a question that will say something like, you know, what are your growing edges? What are your areas for growth, right? Um, how do people how do people work through that type of question in a way that um, they're still able to communicate with uh, what you're kind of uh, emphasizing the sense of confidence without arrogance? Um, how can they navigate that particular tricky question? I will. I love that question, by the way, Christina. And I asked a lot of those both positive and negative questions. I've personally had interviews where it's an executive and they drill all those difficult questions where I'm like in the wrong. Authenticity is very important. So we know that everybody is flawed. We're not perfect. So we want to see that folks can come back from mistakes and be able to admit those mistakes. So tell a story that is a true story of something that actually was your fault or something that you did wrong, but also follow up with how you learned so that going into the next project, you overcame it. So don't just say, you know, well, I used to struggle with time management. If you say that, you're, you're going to lose the job, right? But if you say, you know, in my past, I used to struggle with time management. And I got really overwhelmed. But but you know what? Now I've got a planner. I, I check things off. I'm a, a list person or whatever. I'm giving a very basic example, but really providing concrete examples that also show that you learned from your mistakes. 
But don't be afraid to say what a mistake is. What I would caution against, if the job says you need strong attention to detail, don't use an example where you didn't have strong attention to detail. So this also goes into really understanding, reading that job description, understanding the competencies, utilizing the recruiter, making sure you're getting your questions answered before the interview so you know what you're getting into because interviewing is mutual. It's not just about you getting the job. It's about you having a career and being a fit for the organization as well so that you can feel valued. That's good. Sure. I, I'm wondering about, so I think this is kind of a related question. I'm curious about well, back in the day, the question used to be, you know, what's, you know, what's, you know, what's your strength or what's your your weakness, right? And so I remember my mom telling me, well, you don't say, you know, what your actual weakness is. You know, you, 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 you say you, you, you have to pivot, right? You have to answer it in a, a not a tricky way, but <laughs> you have to wrap your weakness in strength, I guess, in some ways. And so I'm wondering, how does one respond to a question like that? Because sometimes you don't want to say, you know, uh, yeah, what's your weakness? And you say, "Well, I'm lazy." That, okay, that's not—that's not the way you want to respond. <laughs> but do you respond with your weakness, or lazy. do you? What do you do? <laughs> like, are you just so, how do you remix a a weakness? Yes. What does that look like? Like, you know, <laughs> there is two ways you can answer this question. This is also a question I love because I want to see who this person truly is. But what I'm looking for is. Number one, you could uh, pick a former weakness that you had and talk about how you overcame that weakness okay. and how you've continued to work on that weakness so it's no longer a problem. Secondly, you can mention a weakness that you're currently working on and how you're continuing to overcome it. That's how you do it. You don't just say the weakness and be very careful, like I said. Look at that job description. Mm -hmm. Make sure you have a clear understanding of those competencies, that you're not picking a weakness that's a competency that is essential for the job. But make sure you are picking something that's legitimate, but also how you've improved it. Okay. So so something like, you know, how people go, you know, well, you know, I just, I work too much. You know, Lori, or like, does that, that's not something that appeals to you. They're not going to like that. Okay. They're going to think that's fluff. So if I was mm -hmm, to spin mm -hmm. that a different way, I would say, you know, I have a yes mentality and mm. maybe this is true. Maybe this is true. So for me, I, I have a yes mentality. It's hard for me to say no. I may not say no, but I may say not yet. What I've learned to do is I can't take on everything because I know that I cannot be the master of all. Right. But what I've decided to do was to pick strategically pick the things that I can take on. Mm. So you can spin it a little bit differently. And I would even beef it up a little bit more and give them an example of when you did that. Mm. That's good. Thank these you. are questions you should practice before the interview yeah. because you know these are common questions you know they that are. they're going to give you. No, that's really helpful. You know, Sarita, one of the things I, I heard you say, you talked about how companies or um, organizations are thinking, okay, what does, what would this person look like here? How, did, how does this puzzle piece fit in the, the larger puzzle that we have? And so that's kind of the language of fit. And at the same time, we know that fit um, can also be rooted in just bias and racism and sexism. How, how do we navigate that? Even when I'm listening to a lot of uh, really concrete and sound advice that you're giving giving right now, I'm thinking about that through the lens of um, how much of this is uh, professionalism and how do we separate that from kind of white normativity, right? So how, how, how do you work through those things? So, you know, oftentimes as people of color, we got a code switch back and forth. And I, and I think this is a, culturally, this is not when you're code switching, you're being professional, but you're investigating um, this organization. You're going to their website. You're talking to people that work there. If there's someone that you know, if there's an alum from your alma mater, whether you knew them or not, you're talking to get a gauge. Even in the interview, you're gauging when they say, do you have any questions? You're asking questions about turnover, about diversity, equity, and inclusion. You're looking at, you're looking for things in that culture that also tell you that you will be welcomed there and not just hired on, but welcomed and that you will professionally grow there. And so if there's there's flags that's going to tell you, you know, you may look at the website and you may see these pictures with the one a couple people that look like you and that may not be legitimate. That's why your interview is so important. 
Each person that interviews with you gives you a piece of what that culture is. And so understanding that, understanding what their goals for um, diversity and inclusion are, what are their strategic goals for your role and your position down the line, making sure that you have a good understanding of who's going to supervise you. So maybe they asked you a question, how you like to be supervised. Mm -hmm. Maybe you ask them, how, how do you supervise? What would make the best hire for you? What are you looking for? Those type of things, because it has to be a match because if it's not, and it's just surface and I'm just looking only at the website and I don't have an understanding of the people, then it, it may be a disaster for you and them. Yeah. You gotta yeah be that's helpful. Yep. And I'm, I'm wondering to read on um, in that same vein, what, what are, you know, you know, toward the end of the, the uh, interview, you know, people are like, do you have any questions? You know, and oftentimes because you're nervous or because you're you really want the job, you know, uh, you might the person might be the interviewee might be reluctant to ask the questions they want to ask or they blank and they really like, oh, no, I don't have any questions. And then, of course, maybe a day or two later, they're like, I should have asked about this. Um, what are some questions that the um, the uh, the interviewee um, should ask um, when they are in the interview? Uh, do they ask about salary? How, you know, don't they? Um, what are some questions uh, that they should ask to really figure out if that job is the right fit for them? Okay, so number one you know that you may, your nerves may get the best of you, but I'm going to tell you a secret. When people don't have questions, I don't think they're interested in the job. Mm. So you always want to have questions. So you want to Mm. type those up ahead of time. Do your homework. Who's interviewing you? Usually they'll give you the name and title. Look them up on LinkedIn. Look at their social media platforms because now this is going to help you generate questions. Maybe you want to ask, you know, what is the most challenging aspect about um, this job or your job or working here? What are some of the benefits of working here? What are you looking for this person to do that really is going to to add value to the work that you personally do. Um, There's all kinds of questions. Where do you see this organization or this company going in the next three to five years? Um, There's just, uh, talk to me a little bit about um, what attrition has looked like and, and, and your longest employee. So you're balancing the good with the bad, the positive and the negative, because you're also trying to get a sense of what that culture is. That's where you dig into these questions. On that first interview, you do not ask about salary. However, I will say this, be prepared if they asked you. So when I do a phone Mm. interview, the first round, I'm always going to ask what their salary expectation is and what they made in the last job. And people always get rattled by this. I'm asking Mm. this because I do not want to waste my time. So if Mm. I know I have a salary range and you're not within that range, I'm not going to fool with it. And so I know a lot of people say, oh, that's really hard. You know, you can answer negotiable or you can be honest, do some homework, go to salary.com, see what the uh, job pays for that particular geographic location. Get a good understanding. Find your recruiter friends on LinkedIn. They can help you. They know uh, ranges Mm. really well. They know the tools to use the ranges. There's also something called um, ONET. It will tell you what the salary is for particular um, jobs within your region. It's O-N-E-T and also salary.com, even Glassdoor, Mm. although you have to kind of be careful with Glassdoor Mm. sometimes as well. But there are sites out there, but never on the first interview do you ask about salary. Mm. That's when you know the offer is going to happen. So as a recruiter, when I'm training recruiters, I'm telling them your job is to close the deal. So you should never get to the offer and these folks not take it. Mm. So as the candidate, you have to be upfront and honest throughout that process when they're asking you those questions, but still maintaining your professional decorum as you do that. Really helpful. And I, I so appreciate the the websites as well, Tarita. Because um, I do think, you know, it, it's not uncommon for, we know this from the research, people to be significantly underpaid based on gender and race, et cetera. And um, so being able to get those numbers to know 
what what people are getting in your field, in your line of work, in your region, I think is so important. I mean, there's a it's important to equity work, right? To know what what is a fair wage to to lay out. Um, you know, I was curious. I, I, what what advice would you give to someone right now who is currently in a job in the midst of this pandemic um, and is discerning whether to stay or to move out? And this is based on what you're seeing in just um, different industries, um, in job availability in general, what you kind of see coming down the pipeline based on where you are in this field um, to the person that's just like, I'm frustrated with my job. I need to, I need to check out. Should I take this risk? What, how would you kind of uh, really minister to them? How would you how would you encourage them to be thinking through that process? All right, this is this is a challenging time during job search, but there are a lot of jobs more than people really actually think um, right now. So, but this is a risky time to make those moves. So at the same time, what you have to think about is assess your current situation. Are they asking you to do particular projects? So in this state, now I already told you I'm pretty much a yes or not yet type of person. That's true about me. But in this state, when I'm working home at virtual, if they ask me, they want mm-hmm. me to sit on a committee or do a project or a task, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to show up. When there's virtual meetings, I'm going to make sure I'm looking like I'm going to work, at least from the top up. Even if I got yoga <laughs> pants on, shorts on, at the bottom, at the top up, I'm wear going pants, to be Wear something on the bottom, minute. right, Tarita? Tell, right? tell the people. Your black yeah, yoga so pants. <laughs> you make sure you turn your camera on and you do what they have asked you to do. And the reason why I say this, because when you get into that next interview, They're going to ask questions about what did you do during COVID-19? How did you help your organization Mm -hmm. out? How did you add value and worth? So you have to finish Mm -hmm. strong. So if you're thinking about leaving and you've been a slacker, it's not time for you to leave. Mm -hmm. And I I mean that real talk because you're going to have to be able to feel that in the next interview. Mm -hmm. And you got to show them that you had worth at your past company or your current existing company and going through the next. And you're going to need recommendations. Secondly, um, so finish strong, do the work. If you're getting the feeling that they're going to lay you off, and, you know, they start searching right now. Everybody should be tooling up their resume and they LinkedIn because, yeah. you know, none of us yeah. know Come what's going to happen. Come none on. of us are yeah. safe. That's a right. So this is a great time. The best time to look for a job is when you have a job well. so that you don't have the pressure. Now, let's say you don't have a job. You've been furloughed. You've been laid off. Now you're going to have to work. Maybe it's a job that is not fully at your potential or your skill set, but I got to make income at the same time. So I work this job at the same, maybe I'm delivering groceries at the same time that I'm still tooling. I'm still beefing my skill. I'm still networking. I'm still managing people. Now you got to be a superstar out here because you got to do both. I believe that God blesses faithfulness. So you be faithful, even in the job, even if it's delivering groceries, you be the best person so that they want to elevate you to management. Mm. Even if you know that this job is less than, because you need those recommendations too. And maybe God is trying to do something through you and show you something. So I think it's really important to um, have integrity, no matter what state you're in. Mm-hmm. And I believe God yes, blesses that. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Preach, mm-hmm. preach. Um, Tarita, <laughs> I am curious about the sister at the table that might be wanting to make a pivot. Um, but, uh, and they see jobs out there and they're like, man, that seems like a good role. But I don't, I might be underqualified. Like, you know, I, I mean, I did a little bit of this to like, like maybe they feel like they have um, 10%, you know, of um, the skill sets that are required um, for the job, you know, um, or maybe 20, what, you know, whatever the percentage is, they, it's less than 50%, you know, of, of what the, 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 uh, the, the job description that they fit the job description. What's your advice to the sister at the table that feels that they, they're not sure if they should go for the job? You know, because because okay. they're like, I don't know if I fit the the qualifications in light of the fact that there are um, shade, but no shade. There are wh- white men that go for jobs that they're not qualified for. Like, you know, so like what how do you manage that or navigate that? What would you say to the sister at the table that just is like, I'm not sure if I should go for that because I don't have every jot and tittle, you know, of the, the job description or the so- requirement that they want. 
Okay, what's the harm in going for it? So this is the thing, mm. you got to do your homework. You pull out that job description. You look at those competencies and you find out what skills you have that are transferable. And then underneath that, you write goals that you've accomplished throughout your career that shows this transferable mm. so that you have material to speak to if they contact you. Now, number one, so you're going to do that. You're going to figure out, you got to remember, this is a strength-based approach to job searching. Mm. So you don't worry about what you can't do. It is what you can do, what those transferable skills, but you got to do the homework. You got to sit down with that job description and write down Oh, where have I did this? Because you may surprise yourself. Mm. Secondly, you want to start linking with people on LinkedIn that work at that company. If there is, so if you're in a fraternity or sorority, is there somebody that you can link with? Is there a sister that can, that works there that can give you some inside track? If there are other people that you went to college with that can help you. Secondly, that you link with that you can say, Hey, I just want to have an informational interview. Now you're going to get really strategic here, right? Because then you're also going to reach out to the hiring manager. If you can figure that out, it's it's not as hard as you think, right? Mm. You can figure out who reports to, and now you're going to send um, an informational interview request with them. Hey, I'm very interested in working with your company because it's all about relationships. So the thing that we haven't always learned to do well is how to build relationships. So people get in the seats all the time that are underqualified because they, they brother or somebody or uncle Larry knew somebody. So now you've got to build that network for yourself. Mm. You've got to start reading industry news. You got to be impressive. So then now you got the informational interview. You got, they're going to give you 10 minutes of their time and you keep going. If people say no, they don't respond and you find the next job, right? But you're strategic, find jobs. Maybe it's a certain niche, a certain type of industry, stay within that industry. So for instance, if it's a big organization and they have lots of different jobs, don't go and apply for everything at that job. Because on the back end, I'm telling you, those recruiters, I would say, and this has happened to me multiple times, this person applied for 50 jobs. They don't know what they want to do here. Mm-hmm. So be strategic in figuring out what that niche is. And now you're going to do the research. You're going to, not only did you look at your skills, look at your goals that matched up, but now you're looking at, you're reading industry news. So if you're making a switch, you're in the news, you're following, you're joining LinkedIn groups about that industry. You're following Twitter. You're reading everything that you can to learn about that industry. So when you have these informational interviews, just conversations or coffee talks, even if it's virtual, now you've got some weight because now you know about the industry. You know what's relevant and you know not only what's happening today, but what the outlook is because you've done all of this research. Mm. I'm going to tell you, people I coach, I tell them, you sure you want to sign up with me? Because I'm going to put you to work. But I'm going to walk alongside you in this process, but I'm going to equip you so that when you go into these interviews, I've been on the other side so much. I know all the qualms that people give. So these are the things that you have to do. It's so helpful to read it. You know, I, I wanted to to help our listeners to maybe even get to know you a little bit better. Can you tell us really about kind of the ministry or what's behind the work uh, that you do? Um kind of how you look at this this skill, this the calling that you do, that you perform in helping other people step into their calling. Can you just tell us a little bit about your kind of your story or testimony about how you um yeah, how how you see the work that you do um helping us prepared. Thank you for that. I if if you can't tell, I'm very passionate about this. <laughs> and I think right. um, I believe that God has called me. I want to help underdogs. I want to help people that feel like I don't know where else to go. I want to walk alongside people, but I don't want to do the work for them. I believe there's something very important about equipping. And I believe God has called me to do this. I was I fell into these jobs, to be quite honest. I went to school to be a therapist. I spent a little bit of time doing that. And I still mm-hmm. like that role, but I like this better. And and the jobs that I had just kind of came to me. Maybe I would apply. Maybe I was that sister that said, mm, I only have 10% of this, but I'm going to try. And and it was faith-based. So I used to write these plans. In five years, I'm going to do this. And I stopped doing this because God would just he would just flip things around. And so I believe that even when you go for a job, this is my mentality. If it, if the door closes, even if I'm in a job, even if it hurts, because it hurts when it closes, 
I believe that I thank God for that, that blessing behind that closed door. I don't want to walk anywhere that God doesn't want me to walk. I believe that every person is gifted and skilled Mm -hmm. and God is processing you over time that I only want to be where he wants me to be. So if he says no, then I'm good with it, even if it hurts. And that's Mm -hmm. how I live. So I pick jobs based off of what God has called me to, what different opportunities that I may seek out or that may come to me. And I have to have a really close relationship with him to determine, I know what my giftings are. I know this I'm very passionate about because I've been there. I've worked many jobs. I've worked temp agencies. So that's another thing. While you're looking for a job, go work at a temp agency so you can make a little bit more money than delivering groceries maybe. There's no shame in any of it. But working all those temp jobs got me to work in other positions, got me experiences. Never look at anything like it's beneath. And so that's kind of my mantra and my persona. Like everything is missional and helping people to find what God has gifted or called them to do is one of my life's missions. Mm. Wow. And what a powerful mission um, and a vocational calling it is that you have um, to read cassette because that opens up um, other people's right um, to your conduit that helps people find their own vocation and their own calling um, in the next, you know, uh, career move and opportunity that they're taking. So we're so grateful to have had you at the table um, mm-hmm. with us, Tarita. Um, if there's anything you want our listeners to know uh, at the table, if you want them to follow your work, find you on LinkedIn, LinkedIn, this is your time to talk to them and let them know how they can contact you or um, follow what you do. Yes. Absolutely. If you are interested in connecting with me or even thinking about getting some coaching yourself, I am doing that. So you can follow me on LinkedIn at Tarita Johnson, or you can email me direct at T-A-R-I-T-A dot J-O-H-N-S-O-N 2020 at gmail.com. So once again, it's Tarita dot Johnson 2020 at gmail.com. I am open to to walk alongside people in this journey, or if you just want to link and connect, I'm I'm grateful for that too. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, we thank you so much for sitting at the table with us, um, Tarita Johnson. We appreciate you. Um, And to our listeners, our sisters at the table, we want to thank y'all for sitting at the table with us this week. Let's keep the conversation going. Tweet us your thoughts about the job search and COVID-19 with Tarita Johnson using the hashtag TrucesTable. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TrucesTable or email us your thoughts at AskTrucesTable at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes and subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Truth Table has a Patreon account now, so you can send your love offerings to patreon.com slash truthstable, or you can bless us at our PayPal at paypal.me slash truthstable. Truth Table is made possible in part by Pottery Studios. Visit pottery.com for the highest in quality online audio entertainment. Our producer for the show is Joshua Heath. Our executive producer is Bo York, and we have been your hosts, Akemini, Michelle, and Christina. We'll see you soon on the next Truth Table. Bye, y'all.